Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast, live from the Boogie Down Bronx. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today. Dave Anderson. And today, we have the question, should you start something that already exists? Everyone knows that every good idea is already taken. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I imagine like every time I'm thinking like, oh, I have an idea, I should do it. I'm like, oh, wait, this thing is done already. But should I just look past that? Should we right. like continue to build something, you know, with the possibility that it could be better than what we currently can do? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like I wanted to find... I had a couple of presents that I got for my niece. I had like a space helmet and I had like a unicorn hoodie. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, this would be great if there was something that tied these together. So like, let me search for kids books that involve unicorns in space. Yeah. And it existed. I just Googled it and it already existed. <laughs> and it blew my mind. There was not just one book about this too. Like there was a couple. <laughs> there were a couple books about it. Yeah, I mean, it's so wild. I mean, but and you could have written that book and it would have tied <laughs> everything that your niece ever wanted. And maybe you could have added more rainbows. You could have added <laughs> candy, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but I didn't have the time for that. So, you know, obviously I contributed to the burgeoning rainbow unicorn in space market. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like all ideas right now, I think it's, you know, anyone who has that question should consider exploring that option because the more options that are available, the more beneficial it is for the user or for the customer to get the best product that they want. Like, I'm pretty sure, did you buy the first unicorn space helmet book? Probably not. You probably have to look for the good one. Yeah. I mean, like there were... I think two or three options, so it wasn't too much. But, you know, I did. I think I chose wisely in the end. If we go back far ancient into the internet, you know, if you were going to search something, you would ask Jeeves. You wouldn't Google it. You would never Google it. I forgot about that. I remember, like, one of my friends was like, oh, you got to use Google. And I'm like, what is this website? This is so inferior to Jeeves. Like, you know, Jeeves, you know, he's got like that nice suit. He makes me feel good. Like, I feel like very important when I ask him a question, although he never really answers it in the form of an answer. Like, it's just, <laughs> it seems kind of redundant. Yeah. And Google's just nothing. But like, it works really good. So provides an alternative like a, a value proposition where it's like it's a no-brainer like why would i ask jeeves when jeeves doesn't tell me anything that i want to know right and then you know google added some more functionality to its search that was able to optimize you know requests from that search bar so that it's more fine-tuned to the thing that you're looking for so you weren't asking jeeves anymore you were Googling it. Like even the word phrasing of saying what to do is different now, right? Like, <laughs> you know, you would, you would ask Jeeves for something versus you would Google it. I don't know. It was just really interesting. But without, you know, what if the creators of Google were like, oh, no, well, those Jeeves, man, Jeeves got it. Like, we're not going to create this thing, right? Like that could have easily stopped how we interact with the internet now because like everyone's using Google. Right. Yeah, I guess like there's always room to like differentiate between the products. Like, so like I remember like 
when we were starting the rabbit hole, if we had Googled it first, we would have realized that there were seven other podcasts titled the rabbit hole. But, you know, maybe it's good that we didn't Google it because like, I like the name and I feel like we've got some good content that's quite different from the other stuff that's out there that's called the rabbit hole. Like we're not an urban survival podcast. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> but you're often in software engineering, jumping into rabbit holes of code, of solutions, of stack overflows, which is why we thought it was great. We had a big list too. I remember going through all different sorts of programming names, but we're the definitive developers podcast as we journey <laughs> through the rabbit hole. Like that's who we are. That is our differentiation. Yeah. We're not the New York Times potentially award-winning podcast rabbit hole about <laughs> the corruption of the internet by algorithms and QAnon. But, you know, we have our own niche. Yeah, that is who we are right now. And that's the thing, right? Like we had we, you know, would if we had used Google to determine whether this was the correct title and then maybe not created this podcast at all, like we created it and now it's a thing and we're still publishing episodes to the best of our ability. And we did it. We started something. And it's still continuing to start. <laughs> gotta be starting something. Yeah, you gotta be starting something like the late Michael Jackson. <laughs> Want to be starting something? You got to be starting something. Hopefully, Spotify doesn't turn this down or Apple Play Music. Please, this is not, we don't own the rights to that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, how I was working with, like, doing a Google Design Sprint, which we had talked about a while back, and like, we were doing like market research about like what competitors were out there and it was like oh wait like parts of this idea already exists and it, it felt very discouraging like seeing that initially but then you know thinking about like all of the other competitors that are out there like uber versus lyft or you know myspace and facebook oh man like, battle of a <laughs> decade right there <laughs> like let alone zanga or live journal i guess like <laughs> you oh, know wow. if mark zuckerberg looked and was like oh man zanga's already there i i just i shouldn't do it yeah i mean look where <laughs> he's at now facebook is like many billion users you know had a vision of what the application should behave and interact and how does it interact with other people and ended up winning the social media race to collect everyone's data. Right. It wasn't like that was a new idea, but I think Facebook in particular like, is very good at like listening to the data. Even though there's like, you know, the million Facebook users strong for like the old Facebook, like bring the old Facebook back. Right. Uh, every time <laughs> they make like some kind of a change, but they're always looking for, you know, what is driving the metrics that they want to drive and that helps them be successful by being analytic about it even though arguably maybe being so driven by analytics and the data and the outcomes you're trying to optimize may result in some kind of an insane situation in the world right <laughs> toppling countries and elections and all sorts of craziness yeah, LiveJournal never did that. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> LiveJournal could right? do it, right? Yeah, we could go back. Yeah. But like, you know, for people, it's irresistible. Like you want that product. I mean, I, I do think that the different products 
like the more a particular product exists, then the more innovation can come out of it. I can only imagine, right? Like if AWS is the only one-stop shop for you to do all your serverless related ideas, like then everyone would use it and then it'll be game over. You just use AWS, right? But there's all these other products like, you know, Google Cloud Platform, Azure, you have like DigitalOcean and that kind of stuff to serve different products at a smaller, at a cheaper price point, you know, that'll keep AWS like on their toes with determining how they want to, you know, either innovate on their products or bring down their prices, right? Because like if it was AWS alone, then they can just put the prices hella expensive and then like you're forced to use it. <laughs> right. And yeah, so like some compete on price or like I guess everyone could be some price to a degree, but like also like AWS, like as soon as you mentioned that as a product, I was like, oh my God, the dashboard. Like it's so not user friendly. Like there's very thorough documentation and you can go through all of the AWS university and learn how to be a wizard at AWS, but, and they are improving it over time, but it always feels like, you know, this is a product by engineers for engineers, but some other platforms like Heroku or DigitalOcean are like a little bit more pleasant to like click around on and yeah i mean that aws council is intimidating oh my god i just like loaded it and it's there's so many words here <laughs> I right could use i imagine that like you know no deny i'm sure like 70 percent of the internet is now on s3 or like aws like there's no stopping that right like huge companies use amazon to spin up their servers well, I can imagine that like, you know, Google may have like a niche product or may come up with a niche product that may challenge Amazon in the list of products that exist here, which is like kind of crazy. But without that competition, you don't, with competition breeds innovation, right? That's capitalism. That is a <laughs> thing that was born with our country. <laughs> sports metaphor. It's our sports metaphor here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was getting a little too hyped there for a second, but I mean, I can only imagine like, you know. There was like, like a know, firework going off behind you and like a flag <laughs> unfurled. It was breathtaking. <laughs> I imagine that with these different companies will have some form of like uh, innovation across these different organizations to then create something. Right. I guess like Heroku is interesting in that respect because I think Heroku actually uses AWS under the hood doesn't really matter to me the end user like i will pay more money for heroku in some situations because i don't need the level of control or detail that aws provides i just need to start something right now and i don't want to think about all of these other things right and you know i mean just because one company does it very well doesn't mean that another company can't come by and copy the very same thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. Steve, not to, I mean, the iPhone is an innovation in itself, right? Like the way cell phone was used before is completely different than when the iPhone first came out. But an iPhone is still a telephone. It had a screen that was a touchscreen. And, you know, Steve Jobs and the team at Apple figured out a way to refine all those experiences of using a phone and made it better. Right. And like without Apple's contribution to, you know, what a smartphone looks like, we wouldn't have and the selection of smartphones that we have now. Right. And I mean, 
I guess you could also say like, where would Apple be without BlackBerry? Yeah, and that really braggably huge keyboard. <laughs> that I mean, I used to love my BlackBerry keyboard, man. It was awesome. And you could feel oh, the you, keys. <laughs> and, you have one? Yeah, I mean, I had the, what, a really small BlackBerry. It was like purple, but I didn't care, bro. It was a BlackBerry. I had a QWERTY keyboard in my pocket, ready what to go. They have like you know, like they have like retro like typewriter keys you can type with. Maybe they have like a, a retro BlackBerry keyboard that you can like Bluetooth attach to your phone or something. Oh man, that'd be dope. That, that was pretty <laughs> great. I loved the BBM. That was BlackBerry Messenger. Man, you were a hip if you had BlackBerry Messenger, bro. You were so important I, I if you had I BlackBerry did, Messenger, but like they didn't got iPhones, and it's just like I, why? I guess I I wasn't important. No. <laughs> I had no friends. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I think the idea is like you know if you have an idea, you should go out of your way to figure out like if you can create the same idea and then try to iterate on that to make the thing better. And we mentioned like many different examples that did that and were successful. You know, another one that's come to mind, I think you mentioned day before, is like, you know, hailing a cab, right? That used to be very easy. You just like wave your arms and you're like, let me in. And they're like, okay, you got to pay this much. And cool. All right. Fine. <laughs> I don't know for <laughs> any of the listeners out there, but if you're the in Bronx, Manhattan. And they're like, in, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, if you're in Manhattan, you work in Manhattan and like you, and I used to wave my hand, like, they used to ask me like, hey, where are you going? I'm going to the Bronx, and they're like, nope, <laughs> no, drive off. <laughs> <laughs> and Uber was great because they, you know, someone else was managing the credit card, so they knew that I had to have paid already when I got in. The worst that I got from a cab driver was a huge sigh because <laughs> he's like, oh, I got to drive to the Bronx, but I'm about to make $70. So, right. uh, <laughs> like, even that little innovation of like getting, hailing a cab, like, ensure that more customers are going to use this product because it catered to people you know who lived farther than others yeah yeah and you know avoiding to need to flap your arms is always a bonus too yeah yes that is correct like eh, or like chase the cab down or something weird yeah i mean i guess on the other side of things like if you try to do something completely new that does not exist and no one has heard of like how do you know that anyone actually wants that? Like you have to start the market from scratch. Like you have to build that from scratch. It's a different kind of problem than like, you know, breaking into an established market. But, you know, it's a tough proposition. Like look at Charles Babbage, 1800s. He's like, you know what people want? Computer. <laughs> nobody wanted a computer in 1800s. <laughs> nobody, nobody hadn't thought about computers at the time, but he did. Yeah, he thought about it and then, you know, Ada programmed it and, but, you know, he couldn't get to work and cost so much money. And they're like, dude, we just need a light bulb or something or a telephone. Like, just keep it simple. Something small and tiny. Start small, get bigger and bigger. I think, like, even if you're going off of what you mentioned, Dave, about, you know, trying to find the market, like, that's like where, like, user interviews would come in. Like, if you, for whatever product that you're looking for, you should ask and see if there is a market for it. And I think like, you know, whether it's user interviewing, like, for example, if you had a product that you wanted for, for babysitting, <laughs> that you that, you would have to find a list of people. Take your to, kid into a room where they wouldn't be screaming during yeah, a podcast. No, right, right, right. So like the idea of that is you have to find parents and see what that application would look like to 
you know, what would you want if you were looking for a babysitter for an emergency for whatever reason? Like, that's like right. the idea. There are a lot of bad babysitter apps, too. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't, don't, I, I don't use one. Like, Jill's great. So, like, he jumps on the podcast all the time. Like, I'm okay with that. Right. He's in the high notes, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm ready to ready to look for a babysitter in an app. I don't think there would ever be a time where I'd be comfortable doing that. But I'm sure like if you had thought of one and you used it, that's also like the market research. If you are, if you have an idea that already exists, you can definitely do the research on that idea and then try to make it better and then build off of that. Yeah. Some people I know swear by those things, but you know, there's a lot of trust that's involved in building a market like that and like you definitely it would be helped by more people being on the platform and you know yeah all that. <laughs> the one thing that i would be curious to talk about i'm not a specialist in this is how patents work and how that affects you know intellectual property and in creating an application right like did uber have to create a patent to you know for when i click a button a taxi appears in front of me like is that a patent or I wouldn't think so because Lyft does the same thing, right? Like, how does patent works in software engineering and software development? Yeah, I mean, I guess like sometimes, like people definitely have patents, but sometimes they're using them as shields instead of swords. Like they're not, you know, fighting each other with them. <laughs> they're just making sure that if they do get sued, that they don't get attacked, which is maybe a bigger topic in itself and one that I don't feel entirely qualified to give any legal advice for <laughs> but you know it, it is something that you would have to consider as you're growing and establishing things that differentiate that you have to like think about right so i guess to, to wrap this all up uh should you start something yes but don't sell it until you find you have a lawyer enough to know more about software patents and all sorts of crazy intricacies to determine whether you are able to be marketable in that. But I would say me personally, if you have an idea, competition breeds innovation. And by building something, you can either build something new and that your users may want, or you can get bought out by a very big company, very similar to how Facebook bought Instagram <laughs> and made a lot of money that way. There you go. So go make the next Instagram. We're counting <laughs> on you. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. <laughs>